You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Fun fact! Listen, people, you can get book recommendations from other podcasts, but where are you getting this type of page master content? Welcome to episode 393 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm great. This is my last day in the office before I go to Vegas. That is true. And then it's also one of, we are recording this on 11-14. It is one of like three days until the end of the month that I'm going to be in the office. I did the power move of taking off all of Thanksgiving week and it's, oh yeah. so I'm just staring down the barrel of a lot of time off. I'm really excited about all that. Um... I'm great. It's freezing here in Cleveland. We got snow. We got snow. And not like, oh, a light dusting. Like, no, it's snow. Yeah, it was snow. <laughs> You're, you sound so defeated already. It's the middle of November. It snowed. It came. The snow started on my birthday. Like, that does not bode well for the year. <laughs> That's true. You literally were like, that was so great. That day was so funny. You were just like, what, what the hell? What's going on here? Um, So... We don't have like a specific theme today. Uh, we're just gonna catch you guys up on what the two of us have been reading, because why not? And we couldn't think of anything else. My mind's on Vegas. My mind's on Vegas already. It's fine. Yeah, and you've been traveling all over the place, although you're done now. Did you finish Wayward Son? Yeah. Because I read Wayward Son right after my trip to Vegas, so I feel <laughs> there's like a whole Vegas subplot in Wayward Son, which is amazing. Uh huh. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely gonna be looking at people differently while we're in, while we're in oh, Vegas now. Oh, it was now. great. It was great. Well, and we're staying in the Venetian, which is a little fancier. It is a little fancier. And so I imagine there'll be people dressed up, and I'm like, "Are you? Are you a vampire? Is that? Is there a vampire party going on around here? Oh god, that's this, hilarious. This isn't spoilers. There's vampires in in Las Vegas. That's obviously common knowledge. You know, Rainbow just shared it with the rest of the world. She did. Um, she did. So yeah, we're just going to talk about what we've been reading, and then we'll figure out <laughs> some stuff for the rest of the month. Um, it's fine. Yeah. We have some cool things coming up for you guys. And and then December will just be several episodes of Best Ofs, which... Pretty much. It's like you have to do that. It's mandatory. Um, do you want to tell people how they can get a hold of us before we get started? Sure. You can go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. From there, you can get all of our social links. We are on Twitter and Instagram, at ProBookNerds. And you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Yes, you can. Um, how many books you are you going to talk about? I have like eight that I possibly could. Cool. You're going to start and I'm going to find but some it's, more. It's not. But the thing is, that, like, I've been reading a lot of suspense and thrillers. <laughs> you, you, I did sorry. You literally said yesterday, you're like, this is just going to actually a be a lot. thriller episode. <laughs> it's a lot of suspense and thrillers. I went on this like huge Megan Abbott kick. Um, I saw that. 
who was on our podcast way, 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 way back. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was so long ago. It was so long ago. I almost forgot. Like, we have reached that point where I forget. (laughs) I had a full conversation with someone. um, I was in Atlanta for about 16 hours to do a big library read interview, which we posted as a bonus episode. And I had a full conversation about Jane Yolen before I was like, oh, wait, Jane Yolen was on our podcast. (laughs) It was just that long ago that I couldn't remember. Yep, yep. So I read um, You Will Know Me, which is the one I think she was on for, which is about the gymnast. Gymnast, yep. Yes. Um, Then I read Dare Me, which was the one about the cheerleaders. And then then I read um, Give Me Your Hand, which is the one that came out earlier this year um, about two uh, friends who are scientists. Um, And her books are so good. Like, Are they, are all three kind of YA thrillers? They're adult books. I guess. I guess I thought like You Will Know Me. Well, You Will Know Me and Dare Me. Yeah, center on, like, there are teenagers in the books. Yeah. And I guess Give Me Your Hand, um, they talk about them when they're teenagers, but the present, they're adults, and it sort of looks back. Um, But, yeah, it's just... They are. Read her, a lot they're really they're, fun, and they're they're quick, not in a bad way. They're just they yeah. kept, keep you super engaged. Yeah, no, they're super easy to read. They're like um, a different like, version of. I did audiobooks for all those too. So nice. Those are yeah. They're like a different version of like Harlan Coben or Michael Connolly, where yeah. like you can just like barrel through a bunch mm-hmm. of them because she's written so many of them. Um, yeah, definitely read Meg Cabot. Megan Abbott. Oh my God, they've wow, both been on the they podcast. They both have, but two very different writers. If you're looking for Megan Abbott, don't read Meg Cabot. They're both great writers, but they are wildly different. Uh, I'm already thinking about my vacation. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. clearly. Um, all right, I'm re- I'm listening to Ninth House right now by Lee Bardugo. <clears throat> and have you read this yet? No, There's not a bl- yet. This is one of the... Um, Long wait list. Go figure. I know. This is one of the uh, books that are fo- that's following the 2019 trend of a snake on the cover. <laughs> um, another one that's coming out next week is Holly Black's Queen of Nothing, and she'll be on the podcast on Monday, but also a snake on the cover. A lot of snakes on covers. Um, Ninth House is... I'm about halfway through it right now, and <clears throat> it is the story of... Alex Stern. Alex is short for Galaxy, which might be my favorite name. Oh, that's so good. Right? I that told so good. I told my wife, Alex, short for Alexandra, I was like, your name is now Galaxy. And she hasn't read the book yet, so she had no frame of reference. Um, Alex is the most unlikely member of Yale's freshman class. Uh, she was born and raised in Los Angeles. And I think we talked about this when it was coming out. Um but basically, her life is was full of drug dealers and addiction and dead-end jobs and all this stuff. Um, but as a kid, she felt like she could see ghosts and like they haunted her all the time. And lo and behold, when you go to Yale, and this isn't a spoiler, they talk about this in like page one. Um, when you go to Yale, if you're a part of Yale's secret societies, they have their multiple like windowless tombs where all these various secret societies uh, stay. And... Again, not a spoiler, it happens right away. They're all into the occult and magic is real. And sure. that's basically how they all run the stock markets and how they all, it's wild. And uh, it's so good. Lee Bardugo is just a very ex, you know exquisitely talented writer, but um, she is 
very clear about this on social media and all over and all of our interviews. Uh, her other books, the Grishaverse stuff and Six of Crows, all that, those are YA fantasy. Uh, this decidedly is not. This is <laughs> extremely adult um, and not just language. There is some content. Um, I will give you trigger warnings for sexual assault. Um, and some of it is ghost sexual assault, which is just a weird thing to say. Um, so there's definitely some, some trigger warnings for the book, but I'm about halfway through and it is exceptional. Really, really big fan mm. of it. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. Interesting. Interesting. Um, let's see. Okay. I actually have a lot of advanced copies to talk about. Oh, you fancy. Well, I went a little crazy on uh, Edelweiss. Um, so, but this one is very exciting. Um, it is the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slain Vampires by Grady Hendrix. Grady Hendrix! Grady Hendrix. So, this is anyone love, we love some Grady Hendrix here at the Overdrive offices. He is the author of Horror Store, uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism. Uh, we Sold Our Souls. We Sold Our Souls. Yes. So, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slain Vampires is just the best title. Um, it is about a book club in the 1990s in the South, obviously. Um, and this book club uh, must protect its suburban community from a mysterious and handsome stranger who turns out to be a monster. Yeah, I his books are so great. His books are so great. I remember trying to when I was reading Horror Store, I was trying to explain it to somebody. I was like, it's like comedic horror, and they didn't quite understand what I meant. Yeah, but I was like, that's it's horror, but it's funny. Yeah, no, I mean, I think. The thing is, you don't see a lot of that type of book, uh, but you do see more and more of that type of movie. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. and um, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods, Little Evil on mm-hmm. Netflix a few years ago. But yeah, you don't see a ton of books like that. Um, and when you do, it's a, just a f- nice surprise. Yeah. So. Um, and I think you're efforting to bring Grady I'm on the podcast. efforting to bring Grady Hendrix on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I told them... We've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. for new listeners, um, in Horror Store, Horror Store takes place in a like IKEA knockoff. I mean, that's basically what they call the book in the book, the store in the book. It's like an IKEA knockoff. Yeah. Um, but when they describe the location of the IKEA knockoff, it's basically in the neighborhood of the Overdrive offices, and I have so many questions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Because he's not from He's not. Here. As far as I can tell, he has no connection to here. Maybe he doesn't. It's just not obvious, like, you know, family or whatever. But, um, yeah. And so when you talk to to Overdrive employees who have read the book, that's that's the first thing everyone comments on. Because mm-hmm. I just remember reading that, and she was giving uh, – at one point in the scene, she's calling the, the cops and trying to give the cops directions. I was just like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> What is going on here? I know those directions. I know where you're directing them. It's so weird work too. there. Because like I, our office is phenomenal. It's just like it's just in a neighborhood. It's not like it's in downtown Cleveland. Correct. It's not like it's, it's in the suburbs. It's in the suburbs. And it, again, like Ninth House with Lee Bardugo, it's set in, at Yale. So like I imagine I haven't talked to Lee about it. But like I imagine she went to I think New Haven is where Yale is, I believe. I imagine she went there to get all that kind of information or like when a book is set in New York or mm-hmm. a major city. 
I, I would love to know. Like, great. Did you I mean. come to like Garfield I... Heights and all, like this area? And if Obviously, so, if I get Grady Hendrix on the podcast, we will talk about the Southern Book Club's oh. Guide to Slaying Vampires. But I will reserve at least one question. Oh, for sure. For the re- location of Horror Store. Yeah. And I said, I'm just like thinking out loud because I, I, I'm going to let you do that because you read more of this stuff than I have. So I'm going to let you do that. With my, like, I won't be a part of it. So I'm just like, I'm also curious. I'm just thinking out loud. So curious. Um, When does that come out? April. April. Oh, wow, Jill. It's like five months from now. Look, Grady Hendrix is a very popular author, so uh-huh. if you know about it now, you can put it on hold. You got a book yesterday that I you did. posted on social media that the cover looked incredible. What was that? That was My Darling Rose Gold by um, Stephanie uh, Warble. Warble? I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce that. Um, oh, man, this book. Okay, so. <laughs> when does it? First off, when does it come out? March. March. Okay, we're, we're moving closer to current time. Do you know anything about Dee Dee Blanchard and her daughter Gypsy Rose? The name Gypsy Rose sounds super familiar, but... Well, because probably of the musical, but that's not what it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Adam. So, um... I'm such an idiot. Yeah, go ahead. That's not where she gets her name. Um, it's a coincidence. Um, but this is a true story um, in Missouri. Um one day, like a couple of years ago, it, it was all over the news where this woman, Dee Dee Blanchard, was found murdered in her home. Um, and her daughter, Gypsy Rose, who was known to be like super sick. She was in a wheelchair, um, had like leukemia and all this stuff, um, was missing. And so there was concern that like Gypsy Rose had been um, abducted or whatever. Something had happened to her. No, no. Turns out that Gypsy Rose was never sick. Um, her mom, it was just like full on like Munchausen by proxy oh, type no. thing where Gypsy Rose, um, it's still not entirely clear like how much Gypsy Rose knew she was or wasn't sick, but she convinces her online boyfriend to come and kill her mom. And so Gypsy and the boyfriend are both, um, like serving time. And there was a documentary, uh, HBO, like Mommy Dead and Dearest, that, that TV yeah. show The Act was sort of also about them. So this book, Darling Rose Gold, is not that story, uh-huh. but clearly sort of takes inspiration from that and from sharp objects with, you know, also the mom and the, the sick daughter. So in um, Darling Rose Gold, um, the mom, Patty, is just getting out of uh, jail um, for allegedly poisoning her daughter, Rose Gold, who is now in her 20s. And... Um, Rose Gold uh, picks her up at the the prison to, like, bring her home after Patty is released back to this community where they had, you know, um, Patty had, like, lied to everybody about what was wrong with her daughter. Um, that's as far as I've gotten. Mm-hmm. But based on, you know, ne- the whole community is like, why are you letting your mom back into your life after she did this to you? Yeah. But um, if you read the back copy, you're like, oh, no. Rose Gold has a plan here, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. <laughs> So I, this is one where I had seen it online and wasn't able to get a digital copy. So I emailed our friend Hugo. Thank uh-huh. you very much, Hugo. Hi, Hugo. Hi, Hugo. Um, and I was like, please, do you have any copies? I would love to read this because I remember when the Blanchard case hit, I was just like obsessed with it. That sounds terrible. But I mean, it was everywhere. And I yeah. had, I knew people who lived in that area of Missouri who, um, we're posting about it. And so I think I knew about it probably before it even hit the national news. And just it was a fascinating, fascinating case. 
That kind of reminds me of another case of a true story of someone who uh, murdered a parent who now is an author. I don't know if we want to get into this. Ann Perry. Oh, yeah, Ann Perry. Should, we can talk about it. We can it's, talk about th- it. I don't know how many people know, actually. that It came up on Twitter recently. It did I come remember. up in Twitter. I think somebody had either just discovered it or just remembered. It was yeah. like, it's one of those things, like, every once in a while, I think about... Th- I think that's what it was. Yeah. Somebody had tweeted, like, every once in a while, I think about the fact that crimes she writes crime type like yeah. suspense type books uh-huh. yeah ann perry yeah was convicted of yeah i, I yeah i'm just gonna bring it up real quick like yeah. you said it's public knowledge so ann perry who is like in her 80s now and she writes like you said she writes like historical detective fictiony stuff um ann perry is not her original name her original name is juliet marion home home you might think I'm yeah not sure. and um long story short you guys can look this up it's all over the place uh her and her best friend growing up uh when they were like 15 or 16 they were convicted of murdering the friend's mother like mm-hmm. they were so close as friends mm-hmm. and they were obsessed with each other and the parents didn't love how obsessed they were with each other and to get back at their parents they uh carried out a plot to murder the the friend's uh, mom and yep. then Anne, they went to jail for a while for it mm-hmm. and then Anne, and then Juliet changed her name to Ann Perry and moved back to the UK mm-hmm. and became a successful writer and it's wild so uh yeah good old Ann Perry crazy story look up Ann Perry's life story it's wild um all right hard left turn uh I just read the Guinevere deception by Kirsten White which we talked about we did I also am on hold for that one the start of the Guinevere Guinevere's which Gwenaverse. Gwenaverse. Um it's so oh god, it's so fun. It's YA mythology and um it's based on obviously the legend of Camelot and King Arthur and uh there's a lot of like gender bending things and surprises in it, but it's just if you are a fan of the Knights Around Table and all that stuff, um and you also like YA, this is perfect. There's shapeshifters and there's fun magic and um <laughs> Merlin kind of sucks, uh, which isn't a surprise. And um, but it's the first in a trilogy, and it's uh, there's so much world building. And Kirsten, it, you can like I can almost like feel you know how you can really tell when an author is having fun with a story. Like oh, I yeah. feel like this was one where Kirsten was having a great time. Um, and also, this has not nothing to do with the book, but she's when promoting it via Twitter, she's using almost exclusively Monty Python and the Holy Grail gifts which sure. i enjoy so uh guinevere deception we talked about it earlier i think in the month but i am happy to tell you it is um just as good as advertised um so i also have been reading some karen slaughter books these are out now so it's fine mm-hmm. not advanced copies um but what happened was i i love karen slaughter and i've i know emma um our co-worker has we've talked about her on the podcast I've mostly read her standalone novels, mm-hmm. um, and then I was looking for an audiobook a couple weeks ago um, and picked up Criminal um, by Karen Slaughter, which is part of her Will Trent series, and it was so good. Um, Will Trent is a cop in Atlanta. Well, he's not a cop. He is part of – he's a Georgia Bureau of Investigation special agent, um, and – Obviously, they solve crimes. And uh, Criminal, though, also sort of has multiple timelines happening. 
um, because there are two cases happening, one back in the 60s that his boss Amanda was um, part of, and then a similar case is happening in the present, and so it sort of flips back and forth. So then what happened was I read that. I was like, oh, man, I really like these Will Trent books. And I was on her website looking, and there was one. Her most recent one is a Will Trent book, um, The Last Widow. And then there's a long wait list for that, obviously. Um, and then um, she had one that came out called The Kept Woman, and I got the audiobook for that. And as I'm listening to this audiobook, which is what I'm listening to now, I am convinced I actually have read this book. <laughs> but it is from before I started keeping my spreadsheet, so I don't know for sure. But I'm like 90% 90 percent sure. Uh-huh. But I don't remember, so it actually is okay because I have no idea where the story is going. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm fairly certain The Kept Woman was probably the first Karen Slaughter book I read. Mm-hmm. And it was probably shortly after I started here. So it would have been, yeah, like five years ago. Yeah. And I have, it just, it's just so, there's just stuff that seems so very familiar. Yeah. But it's little stuff, not big stuff that would spoil any plot. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's entirely possible. We read a lot of books. I think it's very possible. This is partly why I started to keep a spreadsheet. But, yeah. Because I don't remember the books I read. Yeah. So that's what I'm listening to now is The Kept Woman by Karen Slaughter. It's good. It's just sort of, there are just moments where I'm like, I'm pretty sure I already read this. Mm-hmm. I can't be certain. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep listening. <laughs> um, I always keep a an ebook through Libby that I can just read little chunks of anytime. And it's usually nonfiction. Um, and it's usually like memoirs or things like that. And the one that I'm currently reading is Running with Sherman. I don't think I talked about this. I don't think so. Uh, Running with Sherman by Christopher McDougall. Christopher McDougall wrote Born to Run, which if you are a fan of running things, and you should be because Joe wrote a, a running memoir, FYI. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, but it, Born to Run was a book all about discovering these incredible runners that are native in, to, to Mexico, the Terra Humera, and like how they run like 20 miles a day at least. And they just, their entire life is surrounded around running. And it was just this great story about running this race with them. And uh, now he has a new book called Running with Sherman, uh, the donkey with the heart of a hero. So Chris lives on a farm um, and he discovered this donkey that needed to be saved from an animal hoarder. And he was nervous because he thought it was going to be really hard to uh, help the donkey adjust. Um, he lives in like Pennsylvania Amish country, but uh, and it was in really really bad shape. Like his hair was coming off, and um, he does he was like, we need to figure out how to rehabilitate this this animal. And so it was really like he found out with donkeys like a really th- important thing for them. Apparently, they're a lot like dogs, where it's like. If you give them a task, it helps motivate them and it helps kind of like give them a purpose. And um, so he discovered that there is a thing called burrow racing, which is literally running races with donkeys. Um, and it's just a unique type of thing where it like harkens back to mining days um, where they used to run with donkeys, I guess. And so uh, it's a little bit different than... When if you're running with a dog, which I've done, where in the sense that like you, the donkey stays in front, like you can't be in front of the donkey and try to tell. They're really stubborn. Interesting. So they, um, they have to be in front, and then you kind of like let them decide where you're going, like make them feel like they're in charge. 
Um, but it's just this whole story about re- uh, rehabbing this this donkey Sherman and entering it in like to the world championships just to like just because he wanted to see and like it's just a really interesting story. Christopher McDougall is one of those people who he, he'll write like a lot of long forms and things for and he's just a wonderfully entertaining writer. So if you're a fan of running at all, this is very different than something that you might normally come across. Um, you know, there's lots of like ultra marathoners and people who have written memoirs, but this is different because there's an adorable donkey involved. So running with Sherman. How many more do you have left? I have uh, two more. I was going to talk about. Okay, I have one. Um, so this is also an advanced reader's copy I got, but it comes out in February. So you don't have to wait that long. Getting closer. Um, this is Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hanna um, in the UK and other areas uh, of Europe. It is known as Haven't They Grown? Just FYI for any of our listeners who are not American. Um, so Perfect Little Children. Um, okay. I have to give a disclaimer. Clearly, I read a lot of suspense and thriller books. And usually. Clearly. Right. So because of that, usually I can see things coming. Maybe not like a mile away, but mm. maybe a couple yards away. Sure. I can see things coming. <laughs> I had no clue where this was going. Really? Yes. So um, Perfect Little Children is about um, this woman, Beth, who had a falling out with her um, best friend, Flora, about 12 years ago. And... Um, you don't know why they had a falling out until later, but they had a falling out. That's all you know, that 12 years. And they're, they haven't seen each other in 12 years. Their kids haven't seen each other. Um, Flora had two kids, Thomas and Emily, who were both um, like toddlerish age young kids uh, when this falling out happened. So one day, um, Beth is taking her son to his soccer game, and she happens to drive past Flora's home um, where she's been living. Um, just, you know, sometimes it's a little soccer thing. But anyway, so she drives past <laughs> Flora's home and um, she's not going to do anything. She's just sitting there. And as Flora gets like comes to the house, gets out of the car and two kids get out of the car, Flora's kids, she calls them Thomas and Emily. Only they look the exact same age as they did 12 years ago. What? So, yeah, <laughs> this is this is Jesus. what I right. So this is what I'm saying. So the story kind of goes from there. And again, I had no clue where this was going hmm. at all. Like I, no idea. Interesting. And I read a lot of suspense and thriller. Books. You do. It takes a lot for something to. I mean, I read it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. It was one of those books. That was, I love those books. It was read it in one sitting, just one Saturday. Like, yeah. This is all I'm going to do. I'm just going to read this book. That makes me... Oh, so that is, awesome. yeah, Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hanna in the U.S. And haven't they grown um, elsewhere? Um, all right. So I'm going to do two more real quick. One is The Library of the Unwritten, which I know we've talked about several times. We did a giveaway <laughs> on social media. It's by A.J. Hackwith. Um, I, I would describe this. I am very... Uh, the only reason I want to talk about it is because I'm very proud of this description. Uh... Dante's Inferno meets the movie The Page Master, which I think... God, I love The Page Master. I honestly think we're keeping mentions of The Page Master alive. We are. We talked about it some other time, too. We've talked about Page Master, the movie starring Macaulay Culkin, (laughs) 
multiple times. Christopher Lee, too. Not Christopher Lee. Uh, um, Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. And Whoopi Goldberg. And Patrick Stewart. And Leonard Nimoy. What a cast. Guys, wait. Is this a Disney movie? <gasps> Hold on. I don't... Oh, I don't think it is. I don't... Do I look up like if it's it, not. Do I look it up if, while I'm talking about it? Not Page Master. I'm going to talk about the book. So, Page Master, these stories come to life and, like, they're actual books and then it's a regular movie that turns into an animated movie. Um, the Library of the Unwritten is all about this library that is centered in hell, but it's not of hell. That just happens to be where the area is, and it's the Library of Unwritten Books. Uh, the Unwritten Books are all the stories that never were told by authors who have come and gone, also all the stories that will come in the future, and they don't have to be like published authors. They could just be anyone who ever has a story, and so it's this massive library. And long story short, one of the stories gets out and when a story escapes, they become a character from that story. So they it turns into Hero, who's the hero of that story. And um, they're running around. The main character, Claire, is running around trying to track down this hero when she discovers uh, that there are pieces of the Devil's Bible, which is a mysterious book uh, that has been that's gotten out. And if it falls in the wrong hands... There could be a battle between heaven and hell and trying to set everything right. And it's just, it's not even like a battle of good and evil. It's just like a battle of, um, you know, chaos versus uh, things being under control. But it's, these books keep coming to life as actual characters. And then there's just, it's so fun. um, And you get all these various angels and demons and it's, it's great, and it's the first of a series, which I wasn't expecting until we got to the very end. So, just so fun. I highly recommend it. Again, if you're a fan of, um, it's not. There's no like religiousness to it at all. It just happens to be where it's set. So, did you find out if it appears that Warner Brothers <sighs> is the distributor these days? It looks like you can rent it on Amazon though. Okay. However, fun fact from Wikipedia. Yes. <laughs> First off, apparently on Rotten Tomatoes, that's a horrible uh, rating. But um, the Page Master earned a Razzie award Did it? for Macaulay Culkin for his performance for as worst actor. But oh. he lost to Kevin Costner for Wyatt Earp. Wow. Fun fact. Listen, people, you can get book recommendations from other podcasts, but where are you getting this type of Page Master content? Seriously, I wish there was a way to like search throughout all of podcasts in existence and be like, has anyone else talked about PageMaster multiple times over the past years? Yeah, it looks like you can rent it, so I may have to rent it this weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reason I was asking if it's Disney is because we. I, oh, no, I'm, I'm well. Yeah, aware. I know, I know you know. We both have Disney Plus because it came out this week. And I want to do more stuff about it, so we won't get into it, but if it was going to be on there. I watched Darkwing Duck this week. I was very excited about that. I love Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really had a chance to uh, poke around and see what all is on the Disney Plus app, but I'm very excited. That was I same thing. We downloaded it, and then I opened it up, and it was so overwhelming because there's so much content that uh, like my wife was getting emotional. She's like, there's so many things I want to watch. I was like, I'm going to put on Darkwing Ducks is the first thing I saw. Um, okay, anyway, last book I want to talk about is called Sunnyside Plaza by Scott Simon. Uh, you may know Scott Simon from NPR fame. Uh, he also has like a million and a half followers on Twitter, and he's a he's a very very intelligent man. He's won just about every single award you could win for reporting, and uh, just a wonderful human being. Um, he is going to be on the podcast in, when this book comes out, but I want to talk about it because I really want it to get on your radar. It's a middle grade book, and it takes place in 
this uh, home called Sunnyside Plaza, which is a community center for adults with developmental disabilities. And things keep happening at the at the area where uh, people who live there who have these various disabilities are passing away. And initially they just think it's like, well, it's old age and you know these things happen. But it keeps happening. A few people pass away and then some others get sick. And the police ask the main character, Sally, for her help that um, you know, she's there all the time and she they want they're like, if you see something out of the ordinary, just let us know. And so the entire story is told through Sally's point of view and Sally has a developmental disability. So Scott wrote this in such a way where um, she has all of these various like ticks and things that you might see with somebody who has um, a specific type of disability where like she is always counting things and she just she sees the world differently and it's such a awesome story because I think it'll really help people. It comes out in January and I think it'll really help children and adults like have a better understanding of just because someone sees the world differently from you doesn't mean that they are less than. And there's so many examples throughout the book where people will be mean to them just because they think they're dumb or they're stupid or they call them retarded or things like that. But then there's countless examples of people being nice and genuine and understanding. And it's just, it's an awesome story. So I'm excited to bring him on the podcast, but it comes out in, in January. And I think it's just an awesome book really for anyone. So that's Sunnyside Plaza by Scott Simon. I feel like we ran a gamut of... We did. We've, we took a journey on this episode <laughs> from... From murder books to page master and back. Um, anything else that people should know about? I think Big Library Read is wrapping up. It is. I don't think there's anything else. We don't have any other. Any other? Uh, I don't think so. Any other book programs that we know of? So okay. All right. Well, yes, Jill has something. I do. You for those of you who have been doing the challenge, our professional book nerds challenge. Um, you still have a, like six weeks ish to yes. get your uh, your sheets filled out and into us. If you have no idea what we're talking about, you can visit our website, professionalbooknerds.com. I think it's also pinned on our Twitter. It is pinned on our Twitter. Yes. And in the coming weeks, we will be unveiling our 2020 uh, reading challenge, which peek behind the curtain, Jill nor I have done anything for yet. So we got to nope. figure that out. We got some good recommendations via email from people, though. They were like, here's some things I would love to see on your next one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's everything. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm going to go to Vegas. So enjoy these recommendations from the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we 
even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.